The podcast topic immediately before this one was on primary dysmenorrhea, and the article was taken from the ABOG Maintenance of Certification Reading List for 2021. Well, we're going to continue that summary in this session with part two, and we're going to focus on non-pharmacological and non-hormonal alternative therapies for primary dysmenorrhea. Whether you're a medical student, nursing student, resident, nurse practitioner, or anybody else in women's health care, we're here for you. This is Clinical Pearls. BirthTracks.com what is BirthTracks.com? It's an online platform for medical students, residents, OBGYNs, and midwives to track important information about their birth and procedure outcomes. And listen to this. If you are a student or resident, BirthTracks.com is completely free to use for an entire year. Why BirthTracks? Because it allows for accountability for improved patient outcomes. It helps identify areas in need of quality improvement, and you can use these stats to grow and promote your practice or just grow and track your training. Intrigued? I'm going to give you more information about BirthTracks.com a little bit later on in this podcast. I have nothing against the traditional use of medications for any condition. I trained in a traditional MD program. I know the value of a good prescribed medication when necessary. But there's a growing body of evidence that shows that non-hormonal or non-pharmacological alternative therapies just actually work. And I trained in a time when complementary and alternative medicine was considered kind of hokey and fringe. But it's not. There's a lot of therapies that we once thought were kind of out of the norm, but we know that they have value. Take, for example, ginger for nausea, vomiting, and pregnancy, or the P6 pressure point. That's actually in the ACOG bulletin as ways to treat nausea, vomiting, of pregnancy. So don't discount when patients ask for non-hormonal or non-pharmacological options because there are things out there and it's actually in this clinical expert series from ABOG covering primary dysmenorrhea. One item that's mentioned in the non-pharmacological or non-hormonal methods of control of primary dysmenorrhea is magnesium. Well, does magnesium work? Well, magnesium reduces menstrual fluid PGF to alpha and it is a known muscle relaxant. And additionally, it causes vasodilation. So several studies have shown that magnesium provides pain relief that is superior to placebo. But formulations and dosages do vary widely among studies. So right now, in the Clinical Expert series, it's stated that there's inadequate information that's currently available to solely recommend magnesium therapy. Now, on a personal note, I have advised patients to take it, and I've had some various levels of success from patients who just feel great with it to some who get some relief but not entire relief. So I think because it's an otherwise low-risk option, it's fair to offer this to patients. Another option given is calcium channel blockers. Well, calcium channel blockers produce muscle relaxation. Nifedipine in doses of 20 to 40 milligrams does reduce the pain of primary dysmenorrhea, likely through reduction of uterine contractions. Nifedipine has also been shown to decrease uterine prostaglandin production in rodent models. But side effects do include transient flushing and increased heart rate. On average, it can be about 20 beats per minute, and the higher doses, like 30 to 40 milligrams, have been associated with slight headaches. So keep that in mind. If your patient's going to use that, watch her blood pressure, watch her pulse, and warn her about the headache issue. Another option that seems to get a lot of limelight is vitamin E. 
Well, vitamin E does have a beneficial effect in the treatment of primary dysmenorrhea. Several small studies have found that vitamin E, anywhere from 200 to 400 international units, can actually significantly reduce dysmenorrhea. But a Cochrane review did not find any high-quality evidence for its efficacy and concluded that additional studies are needed. So, pretty much like magnesium, because it's overall a generally low-risk option with some potential benefits, it's something to consider knowing, of course, that there's just not high-quality studies for it. A little while ago, we mentioned ginger and its use for nausea and vomiting. Well, the truth is ginger has been used for multiple diseases over the past 2,500 years. It does inhibit cyclooxygenase as well as lipoxygenase activity. Now, because ginger also works as an anti-emetic, working both peripherally on gastric emptying and centrally by altering neurotransmitter release, this would provide additional benefits to women suffering from associated GI symptoms related to their primary dysmenorrhea. There's also some behavioral options that can be done to try to reduce primary dysmenorrhea. Exercise and yoga may also provide relief of dysmenorrhea through multiple pathways, including increased blood flow and endorphin release and lowering stress and anxiety. Don't forget to go to birthtracks.com. This is so easy to use. This is your personal data entry tool designed for providers to quickly enter birth data at 2 a.m. It only takes one to two minutes on your mobile phone or your computer. This is a way to keep all your personal OB outcomes data all on one dashboard. Vaginal birth counts, primary cesarean rates, operative vaginal births, emergency cesarean rates, postpartum hemorrhages, VBAC success rates, vaginal lacs, NICU admissions, preterm birth rates, low APGARs, and even breastfeeding stats. As an added plus, it allows you to customize your data collection so you get to decide what kind of outcomes you want to track. Get the stats that you need easily and quickly with no need to go through the process of medical record reviews or hand calculating from a birth log. BirthTracks.com actually allows you to use the platform for free for 60 days. And as we stated before, if you're a student or a resident, it's free for an entire year. So go to BirthTracks.com now and get started for free for better accountability, better tracking, and better patient care. Look, it's very well published. Sometimes just bringing up the topic of exercise or meditation and yoga can actually positively influence and motivate or even inspire someone to actually get started. It's well recognized that physical exercise provides multiple health benefits and both the American Medical Association and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services have released guidelines that encourages providers to recommend exercise to all of their patients. Studies have shown that physician advice has a positive effect on patient behavior, including increasing the amount, the duration, the frequency, and the intensity of a patient's exercise regimen. Now, a quick word about endometrial ablation. Now, as quick disclosure is I do have some published studies that showed reduction of dysmenorrhea after an ablation. And that makes sense, right? I mean, you're reducing menstrual flow. Well, hysteroscopic endometrial ablation may have some benefits when dysmenorrhea is associated with heavy bleeding. For patients who experience both heavy menstrual bleeding and dysmenorrhea, rates of dysmenorrhea have improved post-op in proportion to a decrease in menstrual bleed. However, remember that endometrial ablation is not appropriate for patients who desire future fertility. And there is also a twofold increased risk of treatment failure when the patient has an endometrial ablation and she's younger than the age of 45. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, podcast family. That brings us to a wrap on primary dysmenorrhea. This has been part two. Remember, don't discount a therapy just because it doesn't come from a prescription pad or an e-prescribed note. There's a variety of things that are proven in the data to have an effect and that are otherwise, in general, low risk. As always, thanks for being part of our podcast family. And we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls. Clinical Pearls.